0: She's not here. That's strange. Okay. Well, some of this material <clears throat> that I'm going to be speaking about, I might use it in my, my Sunday homily this weekend here because I've got the, this upcoming feast. The final feast of the year is uh, the Feast of Christ the King. That's what I've got on my mind right now, so I'm thinking about this. And we've, Today we're celebrating the memorial of St. Miguel Augustin Pro, who was a, a Jesuit priest in Mexico at the time of the Mexican Revolution, early 20th century, and he's it's a very he's kind of famous because uh, the basically the, the the tyrant who killed him made him famous. He, he, it kind of backfired on him because he's like, okay, well what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that we've got like tons and tons of professional photographers present at his at his uh, execution, and so then and we're going to publish these pictures everywhere, and it's going to intimidate everybody and make them afraid. And it had the exact opposite effect, and so now you've got like some of the best photographs <laughs> like that's ever been taken of of a martyrdom and it is very dramatic and the holy spirit was was able to effectively actually work the exact opposite it actually galvanized the the catholic uh resistance against the uh, marxist regime at that time and it was famous because he's he uh um, i believe he actually refused to take a blindfold cuz usually when they, it was a firing squad and uh, they would they would blindfold the person that they were shooting and I, I'm pretty sure the picture of him is he doesn't have a blindfold on and he's actually facing, uh, facing the gunman and he's, he's got his hands out in, the, in like a cruciform posture. And he's, he's yelling, uh, uh, something, to, I think it's like, Viva Christ, Cristo, Cristo Rey, which is Long Live Christ the King. So we celebrate this weekend the Feast of Christ the King and, uh, it's, it's very appropriate that Miguel's memorial is usually Falls usually very close to that feast. Um, what is all this about? Well, essentially what you have is a kind of a, a, there's a false dichotomy or a false uh, false opposition uh, that many people embrace, and that is, they can think of the relationship between the church and the state in only one or two ways they can think of okay so either the church is like completely controlling the state and forcing everybody to be christians like you know imposing religion against people's consciences it's either that or it's we can't even wear a cross in public you can't even hang a crucifix in a public place you can't wear you know any kind of religious garments in a public place you can't ever speak about religion in a public place those are the only two options okay it's like uh, i think it's a false Dilemma that you've placed, I, I think there's maybe a middle option here. If the majority of people in, in, a, in a given society are Christian, it's only right that Christianity should naturally leaven the social and oh, even, God forbid, the political fabric of that society. Okay? So there's nothing in violation of anybody, there's no forcing of anybody contrary to their conscience or anything like that. It's Christian people saying, Hey, we're, we're Christians and we're going to let the gospel influence what we do in, in our broader society. So Jesus Christ is the king of the universe and his kingship is to extend into the social and even the political sphere. Okay. Of course we safeguard freedom of religion and freedom of conscience. Um, but at the same time, sometimes freedom of religion and freedom of conscience means that we bring our religion into uh, the broader uh, avenues of our, of our society. And uh, we see in the life of Miguel pro um, a courageous count, um, a courageous witness in opposing this kind of false dichotomy because the Marxists, what they were all about in the Marxist revolution in Mexico and really in all all over the world is uh Banish all religion from any kind of public sphere. So, it was, it, it got pretty severe at some point where they were closing down churches and they were forbidding priests to celebrate Mass. And, uh, Miguel Pro had to disguise himself, actually. Uh, he like, he was famous for, like, wearing beards and the f- fake disguises and wigs and stuff so that he could sneak around Mexico undetected and he would celebrate, uh, Mass in secret to those who were you know, still wanting to uh, practice their faith and their religion. Uh, and eventually he did get caught and then that's when he was executed. Um, and he had this kind of famous martyrdom moment where he, he's, he yells out, Viva Cristo Rey. And uh, you can go on, you know, the internet and you can find all the different photographs and, and they're very powerful. Um, this is what we're looking at, I think, in our, in our scripture readings today too as well. Uh, in the first reading from the book of Revelation, um, we've got this image of the scroll, and John, the Revelator, John the Seer, who's who's receiving this vision, he's he's told to eat this scroll, and the scroll has got this funny effect on him because it tastes sweet in the mouth, but it's bitter in the stomach. And what that what that's talking about is essentially this: is um, it, the Word of God is a is a delightful um joyful inducing reality but at the same time its contents can sometimes be kind of tough okay they can be bitter and he says notice the final line it says you must prophesy again about many peoples nations tongues and kings do you think kings appreciate it when people in the name of god oppose them and say they're doing something wrong okay so it's because that message is bitter to the powers that be because it opposes their greed, their uh, selfishness, their tendency to self-aggrandize and whatnot because it opposes that that's why they don't like religion that's why they banish it okay from the public sphere and that's why it's opposed. We see it in our gospel as well too. why did they want to kill Christ?' they, didn't, they wanted to silence him they wanted to silence him they didn't they didn't want the Word of God opposing their selfish inclinations. Uh, that they experience the Word of God as bitter. So we have to ask ourselves, do we experience the Word of God as bitter or as sweet? Okay. Does, is it, does it run contrary to, or does our conscience tell us, uh-oh, you're not in alignment with the Word of God, and you, there's some kind of discomfortness, discomfort and bitterness, and then you've got two choices once you experience that. Do you, do you submit to the Word of God and say, okay, let me change, okay, and then the word of God becomes sweet, or do you allow it to always remain bitter and then you do the opposite thing and you banish it? Okay, we can do that just in our own individual lives, as well as that taking place in the broader society. So, my brothers and sisters, let's let Jesus be the king of our lives in, in every in every way. Um, let him let there be no division. In our minds, in our hearts, in our aspirations, in our belief systems, you know, one, we compartmentalize religion, okay, so we compartmentalize religion in one aspect of our mind, and that's for Sunday, and then, uh, and the other, other, you know, six days of the week, we live a secular life, and we don't have any kind of religious values, and could care less about Christianity. You know, are we split like that? Or is there a wholeness to our mind, and to our heart, to our life, and to our aspirations? Uh, let Christ be king of all, not just half or a part or a compartment. Let him be king of all and let him be king in our external behavior as well. And let us not be ashamed uh, of the gospel uh, and to bear witness to it by words, but especially by deeds um, in every aspect of our life, even in the public sphere.